I am unashamed. What about you? I don't shop. And look, I don't have any, uh, you know, any stake in Dollar General, but I love Dollar General. They're they're everywhere. They got everything you need. Right now, in my truck, I'm heading to South Louisiana. I'm, I'm fixed to go film our show. Well, when you go to rural-type areas, you're the... Because you know what you do when you first go to any out-of-town destination. What's the first thing you got to do? Y'all don't know? <laughs> you determine... I thought y'all would know this. The first, so we say, we're going on a trip. I'm going to stay there four days. We're going to film. What is the first bit of information you have to figure out? What am I going to wear? No. I mean, I wear the same clothes all the time. <laughs> I know. What are we going to do about the coffee? <laughs> that is true. That is, right. What, what is the coffee situation? Well, where I'm headed, there's no... Uh, What's the Statue of Liberty? Uh, Starbucks? No. So I said, well, i got to have a coffee maker. Statue of Liberty. Isn't that a picture of the Statue of Liberty? I think it's show? like some kind of goddess of something Whatever. else. Yeah. So uh, so I said, you know what? I asked Missy last night. I was like, does Dollar General sell coffee makers? She's like, I do not know, Jace. I was like, I, I bet Missy I doesn't bet go they, to Dollar General. She likes Dollar General. Oh, does she? She does. She likes it. I thought she, it might be a little bit. No, she is a fan. So I said, you know what? I'm going to have faith, and it's only two minutes away. I went up there, $18. <laughs> they had one. It's in my truck. Yeah. Still in the box. I mean, you just can't beat them. So anyway, about two weeks ago, I go up there, and there's a couple, like, and I'd say they're, uh, I'd say in their 60s. It's it's like a Friday night. The, the parking lot was almost empty, which is why I like it. Yeah. Because it's, like it's like a shrunken Walmart into a little bit bigger than a convenience store size, and it's easy to get in well, and it's out. It's a lot smaller than Walmart. Well, that's not, I mean a really shrunken. But look, here's what I love about them is they only have like one or two employees there at any time. But they've got more stuff slammed together. <laughs> Which, when you walk through it, there, it's only about you. Can, it's only about three foot wide in between all the aisles. Yeah, it just looks like it's like the messy kids' room, but it's a good kid. But they have to know? have two people just working there because one's always smoking out front. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, right. So the other one's covered inside. So anyway, you I have see, a smoking back and forth. Yeah. So I see a couple. So like they met there. So there's a woman, because there's very few people, so I noticed this. And there's a guy in there. He parked right in the front of the store, and, and she parked, like, out toward the main road. And they're, like, going to each other to greet. So I'm like. So they met. All it. I thought was, hey, let's meet at Dollar General. Yeah. You know, that's a good place to meet and okay. go do whatever. Right. So I go in there and buy my stuff. When I come out. Well, now they got a blanket on the tailgate, and they're all hugged up. It's clear, yeah, clear night. So they, they and met. Look, I, I, I'm gonna admit I made it awkward because I thought I can't unsee this. Because <laughs> then I thought, okay, I'll meet you at Dollar General. Let's look at the stars in the parking lot. Are you who's bringing the blanket? <laughs> and so I looked at them. They looked at me because I stopped walking and I said, America. <laughs> <laughs> and they nodded and just I went and got in the truck. <laughs> I thought, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> uh, James, you run up on some strange things. Oh, that's pretty good. I've never seen that. The date night at the they Dollar They had General. a date night at the Dollar General parking lot. But when you think about it, it makes sense. You might not the, want to delve into what all that was about and who she was blown <laughs> well, to. It was in public. They weren't doing it. I mean, they were just hugged up on a tailgate at Dollar General. But I thought, you know what? It makes sense because this was a, uh economical date. It's free. 
And so where else better to go in case you need something for the party? <laughs> Dollar General. Dollar General. You can't get any more if you need a, you need a snack. Love springs forth from some, from some strange I, areas. So I, I, I was convinced. I told that story here. So y'all let, let us know if I did. But that, that happened. And look, I felt good about it. <laughs> That's right. yeah. I went home. Missy's like, why are you all? I was like. This is, I love this place. Yeah. And I said, two people. I just saw two people on a date at Dollar General. Of course, then you know what she said? Well, how do you know they were on a date? I said, because they were on a tailgate under a blanket all hugged up. Yeah, watching the stars. At Dollar General. Yeah. They'd probably got, gone in and bought them a nice bottle of wine, about three bucks. And uh, <laughs> you can't see any wine. <laughs> they, say, they sell the wine there now. Oh, I don't know the tailgate in the parking lot of a place like that. I don't know whether they were. I don't know. What <laughs> well, Dad said it is more sinister. I, I didn't. No, look, Phil. It was. It looked romantic. Yeah. It. I. I. I've. I, I liked it. Right. I mean, I gave him an America. I didn't. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> it's better than robbing and looting and shooting. <laughs> That's what's funny, Phil. I try true, to tell a happy, feel-good story, and for some reason, you're you're I, you're like, I don't believe you. <laughs> they were up to no good, rioting and I'm like, I don't think they're cheating on their spouses. Not right here by one of the main roads, Dollar General, for the whole world to say. I just think they said, "Hey, you know, it's been a long day. Let's go to Dollar yeah. General, and hang hey. out." That's right. See, Dad, this is what happens in town. Yeah. You're out here, so you would never know about these things like nope. this. But nope. when you go to town, these are the kind of things you see. Yep. Yep. So just so you know. Well, I hate to miss it, but. <laughs> oh, well, Jace, you've never told that story before. So well, we'll not, see. Not in my presence. We'll so. see, because I'm. Well, you're right. If you did, Unashamed Nation will let us know. I'm pretty sure uh, I did. And so. So if you if anybody's ever if you can back Jace up and you've heard this story, let us know. Um, email Zach and and let him know. So um, yeah, we need to get uh, Dollar General to be a sponsor on the podcast because I've given them love, you know, the last two. You're right; they should be. But you know, they back in the day, um, they they bought a lot of Duck Dynasty stuff and and Duck Commander stuff. You know, back when the show was on. So it's you know really? it's definitely our kind of store. They're more yeah. rural. There, you know, I've been to many, many towns to speak in all over, you know, America. And it'll be some little town. There's one convenience store, but you know what's always there, Jay? There's always a Dollar General. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now almost every small town in America at least has a DG. Huh. You know? I wonder who owns that. I don't know. Somebody in Tennessee. They're, they're based in Tennessee, I think. Yeah, why but, not? But they have, uh, at the time back when we were doing business with them, because I worked for Duck Matter then, this has only been five or six years ago. At that time, they had eleven thousand stores. Oh, I was I was seeing how many there are right. Yeah, check now. it out because it was eleven thousand a few years ago. But think about that just a minute. I mean, like Walmart had God at the same crazy. time had two thousand. You know how many they have now? Eighteen thousand two hundred sixteen. Well, that was back in April, so they may. I mean, so you're, you're going toward twenty thousand. See how many Walmart's there. Are. I guarantee there's not more than three or four thousand Walmart. About five, I think. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know how many Walmart. There was about when we know, were doing business with them. It was about two thousand, so maybe no, five. Because I remember it being the one year, you know, we got the duck call by mistake in all the Walmart stores. Which you know, Phil, if we that hadn't happened, probably Duck Commander would have gone bankrupt. I mean, that one year was a catalyst for a lot of other slow it years. Was. I have shared that story, but a computer glitch caused the all Walmart stores to order the duck calls one year. And so I called up there and tried to say, hey, I think we've made a mistake. Because <laughs> you know, it was that all duck we call could do. was going into areas that nobody even heard of a duck. Yeah, we're probably not going to send any duck calls. What was amazing Boston is the, the, the buyer finally bought it, did all the set up the deals. He says, you know, amazingly. We did far better than we thought. Yeah, we they actually sold the sold. Yeah. So Walmart has ten thousand five hundred stores now. Whew. So they've they, they have Boy, they've what, come a long way since we were there. since we did business with them back in the day. Yeah, I drove nice. around in my pickup truck, driving from Walmart to Walmart before and after about a year or two of that, a couple of years, got a phone call and the buyer 
said, how, how are you getting these, your products in our stores? I said, one at a time in the back of my pickup truck. Yeah. He said, that's how you're stocking our stores? I said, well, by the way, who are you? He said, I'm the buyer you're supposed to be going through. I said, oh, well, good to talk to you. But Jace, that was turned over to Jace, and he dealt yeah. with him. Jace was the buyer for Did a good job, Jace. Yeah, you wouldn't want to watch that at home. <laughs> Yeah. But you know what's funny now? You had to be willing to lose it. And I may be mistaken. So you think about 10,500 stores, and, and then you have big box stores, outdoor industry, uh, Academy, Cabela's, and Bass Pro, and they're all under one head. <clears throat> of course, a lot of those weren't even in business when we, we were back in the day. But to, now, you know who the, I think, the last I heard, the number one seller of our duck calls is all digital, all online. Amazon. I'm not shocked. That's where it's going now. It just, you know, it just, I don't, it seems weird to us because we, for so many years, you used to drive around and sell them at a store. And now the idea is, is most of it's going directly to people's homes. Oh, I know why you wanted me to tell that story because it was a romantic story at, at Dollar General. It's kind of inspiration. And we're in Mark 14. Perfect. And there's segue. actually. You know, I have some ideas about this that may make people uncomfortable, which is perfectly comfortable to me. That's right. Because I just really believe this. This this was a – Jesus called this a beautiful story. And we've been dealing with the last two chapters about the temple because he's kind of centered everything there because he is turning everything upside down, literally, in the temple. Now we're sort of making that next shift into the events that lead up to his death. So that's the the significance as we get to chapter fourteen. Contextually, is now he's like, okay, we're here, it's it's about to happen. So everything that happens now as we go forward is all leading to his death, his burial, and his resurrection and his ascension. So just to set the table for you, Jay. Yeah, you're right. Uh, one of these versions, uh, she has done a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's in verse, of, uh, it's in Mark, in fourteen six when he said, she has done a beautiful thing to yep. me. Yep. You know, it's a rare uh, phrase to see Jesus refer something, yep. you know, as a beautiful That may be thing. the only place, I didn't research it, but that may be probably the only place where you see him say that. Yeah. It, it, so. it's, uh, it's quite, look, it's, a, it's an intimate now, I'm going to set this up because, and I, I listen to a lot of uh, sermons and read commentaries about this, and uh, this is one of those stories where you kind of got to get the idea of what it was like being a woman uh, with a checkered past and having this kind of public display. Th- th- this was this was quite a quite a move for somebody to do. Yeah. And uh, it would have been it would have been considered in this context scandalous. Exactly. Would be the word I would use to describe it. Hang on before you tell it, let's take a break. So as I get older, along with these other fellows, uh, you start to realize, you know, the hairline starts to go back, the middle starts to expand a little bit, you know, things start happening. Um, one of the unfortunate things is a, a lot of people realize this uh, far too early, at least for me, it's uh, into my 50s. Some of you guys in your 30s, uh, you notice that you have hair loss. And uh, so one of our longtime sponsors is a company called Keeps. And what they're in business to do is to help you keep your hair before you lose it. Can't do much about it once it's gone. So they understand that. Uh, they have a clinically proven FDA approved hair loss treatment. It's all online. So you don't have to go anywhere. Uh, you can order it from right on your couch. It uh, prevents hair loss. It stimulates hair growth. And it helps take better care of the hair that you have. They have a medical provider to make sure all their uh, products are personalized for what works for you. Uh, this provider uh, will also be available 24-7 if you have any questions. Uh, so you don't have to go to the pharmacy. No waiting rooms. Half the cost to be able to keep your hair. So if you're ready to take action... Join thousands of guys who have saved their hair with Keeps. Go to keeps.com slash door for 50% off your first order. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door. Keeps.com slash door. Which is why, you know, unbelievers and anti-Jesus type people try to make more out of this, you know, in a 
Well, they actually kind of in a sexual way. They actually made one of the movies about Jesus. Oh yeah, and they got it got included it this. Yeah, and and I'll address that here too. It's because you know God. I've said this many times, and and we've all agreed. God is the architect of male and female. You know, this this is quoted many times in Jesus. You know when they were coming to him trying to. Trap him. He always goes back to the beginning, where it's like, "Well, did not God make the male and female?" And and you remember the uh, the context of Adam and Eve. There was no no shame, you know, until sin occurred. And even in the marriage context today, and I was fortunate enough to be a virgin when I got married, and my wife was too. And you know, I've spoken many times about that, but it's it's shame free, but it. So when you think about what she's fixed to do here, that shame-free, beautiful act she does has nothing to do with sex. But that the reason that sex is special in that way is that it's shame-free. So there, it's a spiritual thing. You know, if you want to have a great sex life as a married couple, well, you work on the spiritual side of things, and I guarantee you the physical <laughs> will improve. I mean that that is a deep biblical truth. It is. And not just so, that, it's it's physical, <clears throat> it's spiritual and it's emotional mm-hmm. all tied into to one relationship. And that's what makes it special. And that's why to cheapen it and to just, you know, wh- whoever whenever wherever cheapens yeah. oh, that right. emotional, <laughs> spiritual and physical. And you say, "Well, how come you're bringing this up before?" Because look, What's different than Jesus than any uh, Lifetime movie you see is that there is no he has no skeletons in his in his closet. You know we 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 made that re- he never sinned, and there's literally no skeleton in his grave because he came back from the dead. And you know what's but, interesting, Jay, is that, that statement you just made. I made this in my sermon this past week. He didn't experience sin, but that's the only thing that we experienced that he didn't in terms of, he said he was made like us in every way to understand exactly what it's like to be us. And the one thing he didn't do was sin because he had to save us from sin. But so in other words, all the experiences we have, the idea of relationships and loving people deeply and being hurt and, you know, all the things that happened to us, suffering happened to him. So he totally understands us. And the only thing he didn't do that we do is sin. And the reason I'm bringing this up is, you know, you got three men here discussing one of the most intimate, just, I mean, pouring your heart out moment in a public way. It's a beautiful thing. And, uh, you know, so most people, they have trouble even even relating to this. So they, they try to screw it up and make it something sexual or something, you know, it's it's. It's completely the way the world is, you know. They they because they can't figure out how someone would do this without having some kind of selfish motive, and I think they missed the whole point. So uh, with that setup, which was quite the setup, I mean, because this is a moving story. It it is it is something, especially when you when you look at what their world was like. So we'll kind of help help that as we go along here. So fourteen one. Of Mark. Now the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teacher of the law were looking for some way to arrest Jesus and kill him. So same theme. That's in all the... That's been going on since he got to Jerusalem. But not during the feast, they said, or the people may riot. So they... This is like turned into a Godfather movie here from their... Right. And these are religious people. Yeah. They're looking for a way to... The moment to, to whack make a him. hit on it. Yeah, to, to whack, whack him. him. But they're like, oh, it's just the political structure climate is not good. We don't the people right. So while he was in Bethany, reclining at the at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman, and we know it's Mary from the other te- if you read all four accounts, you'll you'll get a way more detailed version of what right. happened. But and I think this is the only one that said they're at uh, just think, they're at a house <laughs> in the home of a man who's known as Simon the leper, which, again, just shows you how Jesus operated. That's right. I mean, what did this guy look this like? This guy was a pariah. I mean, like, the, the one thing you didn't hang around in those days was lepers. 
<laughs> yeah, they they usually got shipped off someplace. So so a woman, Mary, came with an alabaster jar, and look, I looked into every detail of this. I mean, these are even the jar itself was usually heirlooms of great worth. You know, this this was their because back then you also didn't have uh, running water, you you didn't have deodorant. You know, and so perfume was was something they used to. I mean, let's face it, they cover up the body odor. They they stank. They stank. Yeah, your feet stunk because it's dirty. And and I would read that usually when people entered the house, they would like put a just a dab on your head, just because you're you're dirty. You're well, they're not gonna go take a shower, you know, like we do. Uh, so then it says. She had the alabaster jar, very expensive perfume, years' wages, some of the others say. Made of pure nard. I looked that up. It's basically uh, in the honeysuckle line of, if you ever smelled that, uh, honeysuckles, some form of that flowery-type smell. She she broke the jar. That's why I brought that up. They, usually the jar itself was worth a lot of money, not discounting the... So she's just like, going all the way with it. She don't it. care what it costs. Has no regard to the financial. You know, uh, the one of the preachers I heard give a lesson on this was like, this was kind of like you know, gold is now. This is something you put under your bed in case there's a crisis or a famine. You know, and you. She broke it, the entire jar, and poured the perfume on his head and look and, and some of you have already looking ahead but if you think about something being broken and poured out well we know what's fixing to happen to jesus especially after he gives the speech about the lord's supper you know his body was broken and he poured his blood out i mean you think that's a coincidence i do not so verse four some of those present, and we that we get the names of them uh, in other in the John account. <clears throat> yeah, yep. we're saying indignantly to one another, and some of them say they rebuked her harshly. Oh yeah, that's coming up here in five. But they're basically yelling at her. Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages, and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. Now, Jesus says, leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want. So he, he, he was not saying, we don't care about the poor. I think this actually escalates what she did because he's like, this is even more important than that, and we know how important it is to help the poor. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. So there was something to this breaking and pouring out. I'll tell you the truth. Now listen to this statement. Wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, which is fixing to happen, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And it was told by all four of the gospel writers. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus. You know, so you have this this double story going on, this lie that he's living. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. This is now this same one accusing her of wasting the money. Yeah, we know from John it was he was the one that brought up the idea about this money could have been sold to help. This is a bad bunch of people here. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I so mean, in the John 12, I, I do think that it adds... You know, Jason, let's take a break. One of the things I love about the holiday season and the Christmas season in particular is highlighting the birth of Christ also highlights the importance of life. You know, I, I always tend to think of Mary, you know, this young teenage, um, not quite wed mother who had a decision to make. And she made a decision, of course, for life. And that decision was to bring Jesus into the world. Uh, One of our sponsors is a group called 40 Days for Life. And that's their whole goal and purpose is to help young women, especially, and also young men, to be a part of a process that chooses life. They do it through prayer. uh, They do it through information. 
Uh, they have over a million volunteers in a thousand cities. They hold prayer vigils. Uh, they're not combative uh, with young women. They're trying to help them, but they're very prayerful because they want them to make better decisions. So we love these guys. We love what they stand for. They've been on our podcast before, and we just want to encourage you to uh, to get behind them. Check out their locations, their podcast. They have a free magazine. If you go to 40daysforlife.com, you can find out all the great stuff they're doing, maybe to get involved in, in volunteer and be a part of what they're doing. Uh, so check them out. That's 4040daysforlife.com and, uh, and get involved. It adds a key element that I wanted to read. So in John 12 and verse 2, and, and, and well, verse one, I'll, let me just read it. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived in Bethany where Lazarus lived. So remember, this, he had just raised Lazarus on his way coming to Remember, Jesus. Bethany was his little community. They, yep. I mean, this is where he hung out during this whole week. He would yep. go there every night. Right. So here a dinner was given, and we know it was at Simon the leper's house, which is not funny, but it's just like it funny. if you were doing a, a movie about this, it's just not like the movies you see portrayed of Jesus. He's hanging out with the biggest ragtag bunch of, bunch of crew you've ever seen. They all look rough and fishermen. I know how commercial fishermen smell. But you can't wash the smell off. Remember, Phil? We did it for years. Oh, yeah. And and even Miss Kay would be like, They literally could, y'all, y'all could smell us coming, but the but the kicker was we couldn't smell each other. <laughs> no, after a while. It, you wallow in it long enough, you right. don't smell it no. anymore because it's your livelihood. That's right. Yeah. You were putting your livelihood in a tub, and they they tend to have a smell to them, all of you. It's sweat mixed with fish slime. That's right. Not, to us, it was our it was our only way to to survive. It's like if you walk out behind a seafood restaurant and you smell anything, man. But that's what it takes time to, to time, get seafood on the table. <laughs> Jace, from time to time, I look back at the way we survived being fishermen, and it's amazing, Jace, that it ended up like it has. Exactly. So, but you know, it's strong evidence that there is a God. Yeah. So look, here at dinner, verse 2, was given in Jesus' honor. You know, because he was raised from the dead. I mean, he he I mean, he raised Lazarus from the dead. So and they're just acknowledging, just just think about you think, well, why were they doing this in Jesus' honor? I mean, he hadn't died, been buried and raised yet. We raised Lazarus. But think of the health care that he had taken care of in, in these three years. <laughs> think about how many people, I mean, he is. You're talking about people even now. Forget about you know, Obamacare, where, Jesus cares. Oh, yeah. And wearing a mask and all this and, you know, vaccines and all this. Jesus is literally curing epidemics of ailments all over their world. And now he's raised a guy from the dead. Now, you want a health care plan? Not only will I cure you, even if you die, I'll bring you back from the dead. I mean, it's incredible. So they had an honor. So and and you remember Martha's role, uh, and and she's in here several times. You know she serves. She's taking care of all all what needs to be. But and look, we need that, and we all have different personalities. So while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him, Mary took a pint of pure nard and expensive perfume. So we know the same story. She poured it on Jesus's feet. Now bring in that element. Now, here's, here's where the intimacy comes in this, and wiped his feet with her hair. So back in the day, you do the study, so she had to take her hair down. Well, when you take your hair down, you don't do that in public. They didn't do that back. You do that at, at home in your bedroom. And that, that's where all this kind of uh, like uncomfortable thing happen because she's doing this in public there's nothing sinister there's nothing sexual about it. she's doing it in public in front of people because she realizes and i think she realizes it i'll give you my theory if you turn back to john 11 well jesus she uh jesus is going to raise lazarus now i just wanted to point out one verse in eleven thirty two. 
When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, this is before Jesus raised him, she fell, look here, at his feet again. You know, I got to looking, and in Luke uh, 10, she also did the same thing. Luke 10, 39, you'll remember that story. And I was like, boy, she spent a lot of time at Jesus' feet. <laughs> and, and even from learning and teaching. So Luke 10, 39, uh, let's see, I'll read 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So you're seeing, that's why she got it. You just think about it. And so at the end of chapter 11 in John, well, what was the result of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead? Well, they wanted to kill Jesus. So you got to remember, she was fully aware of this. And I think she she figured it out somewhere in here. They're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's his plan. Jace, to, to, <clears throat> to bolster your point, you didn't. Got to remember, I mean, that, by the time you get to this event, the the what he said he was going to do made it plain, and the disciple. They, but I'm saying I'm nobody die. else is getting it. But go ahead. Yeah. Let me read this. Uh, John eleven thirty two. Right before he raised him, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, <laughs> and said, "Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died." So, to bolster your point, there was another example where she was at the feet and of she Jesus. She was strong in the faith. Yeah. So, so I kind of went. I wanted to read all that in detail because you know I wrote down three points. I don't know if you're going to preach this, Al. When you are y'all going through Mark? Uh, eventually, Th- this was pretty good. Yeah. So I'm always up for a three. This point is point. from John 12. So w- the first thing she showed was was unconditional love, because you just think about this. Here's a woman who women were not esteemed back then, and she did something in public that you just you, you just shouldn't be doing, but she she didn't care. You know you know what I mean. She she was like, and and I mean didn't care in a good way. Right. She didn't care what she, others thought about her. She did not care what others thought. They're yelling at her. She's Jesus, down some here from doing, his own group. I mean, his own apostles. She's doing something that you, in an intimate way, that you would only do to someone, and they all know that Jesus. Is not interested in anything sexual or anything, but she knew that too. Yep. But she was preparing him uh, for his burial because she knew he was going to die. And she's wiping and she's crying and she's wiping his feet, which is another thing, which is back then their feet were deemed, you know, the worst thing on you. Well, they were walking for miles in sandals. In the dust, and you've been there, Jace. I mean, it's a. I ran two years one time without any shoes, <laughs> shoeless. What were the state of your feet during that period of time? You would not have believed it, <laughs> Miss Kay, your mother. I would prop my feet up. Oh no! I said, got some thorns. Oh, I thought you were going to say she she would like wash, wash your them feet with, and with oh, poor she, she had needles. Lard. We had a stash of needles, and she would take the thorns out of my feet. Thick, thick calluses. Like most people don't realize how tough humans feel. If they go barefooted a couple of years, as in my twenties, I was a heathen. But but the the the, the tread was thick. I could walk on hot pavement. It wouldn't bother me because it was it's callus. It was just so. This was like and, an anti- and Jason's point is all their feet. They look rough. I mean, because their feet were real, really rough. So in your rebellion, so, you also rebelled against shoes, just I as did. a general. Okay, I got it. Under on, the auspices <laughs> of who is a man, who's a man? I got you, I guess. Let's, let's take another break. <laughs> Welcome back to Unashamed. Uh, Tis the season, as they say. It's Christmas time, which is always a favorite. Uh, I do love giving people ideas about things they can get. Uh, and you, if you go to philmerch.com, use the promo code Phil20. Got a lot of unashamed gear, 
uh, that's there. Make great gifts. There's some uncanceled stuff there. Love Always Protects is a great T-shirt. So if you're looking at a Christmas idea, check out PhilMerch.com. Use the promo code Phil20 uh, to save you some money and get a great gift. So it's uncomfortable. It's uh, it's uh, what'd you say? It's scandalous. Scandalous. But now it's like borderline getting weird. Here Awkward. Because she's actually in any age getting Jace. her a- hair dirty. It, it's like your yeah. your hair's getting dirty from from his feet. The evil mind can't see the goodness in this. That's it. That's a, woman's, it. a woman's on her knees and from a man says, yeah, they have to It's like every it's movie like. that you watch when all of a sudden yeah. the husband is away and then the woman comes. It always yeah. ends in sinfully. That's right. But in this case, no. And that's why Jesus called it beautiful because it was a completely spiritual thing. You, you have a person who has no shame at, in this moment. Because she realizes the bigger picture. There was no lust there. No. None. None. And so. Which would be a good thing the, for America to, to realize. Oh, man. So in this unconditional love moment, uh, the old uh, Keller, that this was his, he had three points to this, just this act right here. He had, uh, she wasn't worried about the cost. You know, she would give anything. Yeah. Well, that's obvious because that's why the argument yeah. ensued. Uh, th- by the that was that was with the breaking of the jar. So by breaking of the jar and pouring it out, she wasn't worried about cost. She would give anything. She had nor reputation or anything. Well, so when she gets to the feet, she's given up her control. So I think that's where you get the reputation, and that's why I said it was uh, she. She had no shame, so she was given everything she had. So, and by letting her hair down, she gave up everything. She was basically declaring, "I give up everything I am." So, you just think about it. She would give anything. She gave up everything she has, and then. She's giving up everything I am because she's actually enjoying this. She doesn't care what anybody thinks, including the religious people. She only cares about what Jesus thinks in this moment. And and what did he think? He thought it was awesome yeah. yep. because she got it. But but really, you know, when you think about that and, uh, and who God is and him calling us to be holy because he's holy, this is something we all go through. But it usually takes us a while to mature and get there. And that, because most people wouldn't want to do this in public. Why? For fear of persecution or uh, embarrassment. And, or... And, and he actually, he's close to death, but what she was doing solidifies the fact that, that he's going to save us forever. Exactly. Well, and a good question to be asked is if you said this is a great uh, act of unconditional love. Well, when you think about the opposite, what is conditional love or conditional faith? Well, you do something so you can get something. <laughs> now, look, try that in marriage. <laughs> it's tried every day. <laughs> this is why we every struggle. Day. This is why we argue. So I wrote this down. Uh, am I using God to achieve my goals or am I letting God use me to reach his goals? Yep. Really, that's what this is about. That's it. I mean, that, and you're seeing that. That's why God, through Jesus, called this a beautiful thing. Which is exactly, I think you're right on it there, because I think what makes this so unique and distinct is out of every interaction we've been seeing, it's always someone approaching Jesus with a with some kind of thing in mind they want to get done. We want to trip him up. We want to do this. We want to do that. We want to see. We want to get healed. We want to get something for ourselves. This is the first thing we've seen here in a long time in the story where someone comes and it's all about Jesus. I mean, it is totally about him. This this woman has made herself, no matter what she cares, whether people think about it or not, she has totally emptied herself and everything she has. It seems like this was the, her, probably her her best possession she owned. Well, yeah, and I mean, that's why you get the idea. She would give up 
everything. So, oh. so like this is the opposite of the rich young ruler. That's Don't right. sell everything you have. No, she's actually doing it without right. being told. That's right. And and I think this is the key, and enjoying it, mm-hmm. and liking it. She she's not doing this. Oh, you know, I got to obey you. And I get you know it's because I and I'm I'm making you know that sort of a joke because of how people are now. It's like begrudgingly obedience to God is, you know, it's not really being obedient because God wants your heart. And I think that's what you're seeing here. And isn't she a preview of post, you know, resurrected Jesus? She's a preview of what we do. Exactly. I mean, but, but the fact that she figured this out beforehand, oh, it's which, incredible. which is why I brought up the point, but she was sitting at Jesus's feet listening. Well, you know, after a while, she got it. She got it. And it wasn't, you know, Martha gets kind of thrown under the bus here doing other things, but we all, we all tend to do that. We get so busy doing the little things there. You can't underestimate the power of listening to Jesus. And you remember Jesus told Martha that because she was kind of complaining about Mary. She says, you know, she won't help me. She just keeps listening to you. And, and he's like, it, he didn't rebuke her harshly. He just said, just leave her alone. She's, she's, she's doing what she needs to exactly. do. You keep doing what you do and let her do what she does. I mean, I hope that's a theme that you picked up on of this podcast. Because wherever you're, whatever you're doing, whatever ministry you're involved in, or wherever you're at on your journey here, even if you don't believe and you're, you're trying to figure this out, you have to ask that question. Where is Jesus in all this? God chose to reveal himself through Jesus. So whatever you do, there has to be a constant, steady influx of the red letters of this Bible Correct. in your mind. Correct. That That is called listening to Jesus. You, that's, somebody put them in red, and that's why. And this is where you eventually hope to get to, which is this, because then you're ready to be used by God because you don't you're not worried about being persecuted. You don't care what other people think. You're not worried about reputation. Yeah. That's what I love about the story. Because, look, in our world today, especially in the social media world, I mean, the number one thing in a teenager's mind, because I'm dealing with a lot of teenagers these days, is what do people think about me? That is the whole drive of social media. So here you see a story like this, which is – the first, the first quality. You the saw. only like she got here was Jesus. <laughs> That's it. One thumbs up. One. <laughs> One I, like. I have that written down, <laughs> which is amazing. Let's take our last break. But you know that one like was a big one. Because then everybody's like, whoa, he likes this. Mm. Why, why does he? And it makes them realize what this really is all about. But this is confidence. So it was unconditional love. And then confidence was number two, which we talked about because she didn't care. She was confident. Because for, for a woman to do this in this culture and the intimate thing of letting the hair down and the wiping the dirty feet with her hair, I mean, she was confident in the Lord, period, you know, one like. And uh, the third thing, which is what we've already talked about, is she understood the plan, and that's why we had all those references. She, she got it. She got the scheme of redemption before the scheme of redemption was revealed. Yep. Now, she did have Lazarus raised, and she was an eyewitness to that. I'm sure and, that and got Lazarus the, was at the dinner. And he's at the dinner. <laughs> I'm sure that got the wheels turning. That's right. But in all these plots to kill Jesus, and she's like, "Why is he here?" And she's listening to all this. You know, I'm leaving. I'm not going to uh, leave you as orphan. You know, he just had that. And uh, she was saying, "I matter," and he knows it. He knows, he knows it. it. That's a good point, Dad. Because you're, you're exactly right. Her confidence. I, I matter. Her confidence came from Jesus. That's right. And how he felt about her. And really, right. shouldn't all of us view it that way? Oh. I mean, Jason, you, you talked about it. Man, could we not solve the world's ills, including social oh. justice and all this, and, and this look at ourselves if we only just, were concerned uh, about how Jesus saw? It's a gigantic wave of sin and misery. It is. And it, and we're not we're not perfect. I mean, we're sinners like everybody else. But the difference is we get, we gain our confidence just like Mary did, because we know Jesus knows us. 
we know he looks at us. He said, "Oh, leave, leave, leave Jace alone. He's he's my son. He, you know, he 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 loves me. He's he's willing to give everything for me. He, he, and when you know he's sticking up for you, I mean, what else do you could you possibly need? I mean, I think I've a I've just kind of avoided this passage before because it's kind of it, I felt like a chick flick uh, moment, <laughs> you know. And but boy, when you really look into it. I mean, man, there's something beautiful, but there's something powerful about this. Because at the end of the day, we're all flawed, and, and we got problems, and we like to keep everything to ourselves, you know. And here's you just see somebody with this kind of faith and that kind of courage. Because yeah. look, I mean, I'm going to say this to me as a man who is, you know, if I saw something going down, I would hope I would immediately run to the front of the line and display courage and but you try to get me to share my innermost <laughs> feelings uh, boy i'm a coward then yeah. and so when i i realized how hard and difficult this must have been for and i'm listening to jesus on this i mean man he scolded them for making fun of her and and rebuking her and he did have that famous statement he's like man this is a beautiful thing right here i just think it's a really powerful moving moment and he attached it to the gospel being preached he's like wherever the gospel is going to go out just think where the gospel has gone out from this moment throughout the history of the world oh he's like we're going to tell this story reached billions billions have been reached i mean now he elevated that up to you you want you want to change your life in a powerful way you have this kind of faith right. you display this faith after listening to who jesus is yeah but you know it's like everything else <clears throat> in the story you also see the specter that evil's always there because in this moment of beauty, always there in this moment of beauty that people should have been marveling at this group is we're going to kill him you got judas over here this poor woman is on her knees rebuking her for the deal and they're wasting the money for yeah. like oh I, can you believe boy. and she knew they were going to say yeah look at her well, look She's but judas there. goes straight from this beautiful setting in the mark account gives us to us he goes straight to that to who the chief priest and says okay I'm ready to betray him. I, I, I'm ready to help you do complete your plan. But Al, the so other— So he left this beautiful yeah. setting of submission and surrender to go and say, Let, you need to kill him. I mean, that's how upset he was in the moment. Because it was almost like a rage moment when he went— because he goes straight there. It's like He did. Oh. But it, what I found fascinating is the other disciples were rebuking her, too. There were now, others. Now, he, right. he, he carries it further. But to me, it's it would be just like us. We'd do the same thing. If, if we saw somebody with a past do something like this, look, we would have two things. You, you're wasting your money. You know, we would immediately jump to conclusions because that's what we do. Because I, I, I think the other uh, disciples, they, they were just kind of looking at it from the outside. They weren't getting to the heart of the matter. And they'd say, look, this is inappropriate for you to be letting your hair down. I mean, this is Jesus. Don't be throwing yourself, you know, what are you, a prostitute? Or, right. We, we, we would address these issues. It's kind of amazing that most people still admit immorality, you know, you know let your hair down. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It's actually a positive thing on this. It's because really when you think about it, I'm glad you said that because in the practical sense, religious people are fine going to church, putting on their Sunday best, yeah. acting like everything is great. But really what God is after is he wants to see when you let your hair down <laughs> and what's really going on. Right. Now, if you're ready to do that, he can use you. Yeah. Yep. But if you're going to try to give a portrayal of, oh, I got it all figured out, and when you see, you know, I, I love that about, you know, the church that brought you to the Lord, Phil, and where we meet. There is an element. You, you'll you see, you know, let's face it, life's uh, a lot of people who would be considered. The downtrodden. The phrase, the, yeah, yeah, the down, the people you just had a rough, rough go of. That's it. right. Yep. And you do see some of these type of moments here where there's they've lost all shame all yep. reputation they don't care That's i mean right. their life has been just so horrible that it is a it is an expression of like 
in in this kind of moment. Well, we had. So you never we, want to be coy and say, "Oh, roll your eyes and say, oh boy." We had one on the podcast. You know, Rucker Rucker leads our CR, but he told his story on this podcast of a guy who's sitting in prison, thinking he's either going to die or spend the rest of his life behind bars, and he finally surrendered. You know, when he got over here and he saw Jesus, and now he's helping other people do it. I mean, it's you're right, Jason. I mean, the the thing is, this story lives on and it goes on. And, you know, I thought about it, <clears throat> that Jesus obviously is so invested in Mary's heart because you remember back when he comes upon the situation with Lazarus, first Martha's like, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died, you know, and they have a conversation. And then Mary comes and falls at his feet. And she says the same thing Martha said, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. And he's like, well, where is he? And then it said he became emotional mm. and then he weeps but Mary's the one that got him to that place he saw everybody crying and look Jesus was weeping and had this emotional moment and he knew he was about to raise him so that shows you what an investment into this especially this woman her life was for Jesus too he saw mm. the purity in her in and, the, and it just shows you that when we hurt he hurts for us even though we know everything is going to be he knew he knows everything's gonna be and hopefully we do, that everything's gonna be okay. I mean, to me that is the Christian life. He he's he never said, I'm gonna take away all your problems and all the pain and No. In fact, he says the exact opposite. All these guys were gonna be sheep to be slaughtered, go through miserable deaths and torture and I mean he gets into that in graphic detail. But it, we know when we hurt, he hurts, even though we do win in the end, and everything's going to be okay. That's the guy we serve. Yeah, I said that. I did a, a funeral for a, a little baby that, that passed, and those are always hard and sad. And I mentioned that, Jace. I said, you know, I, I think I think there's weeping today in more places than just here. Because How many funerals have you done uh, where there was a little box? You know, I've done five where it was the little two-foot casket. There was an infant inside, and I remember every one of them distinctly. Two, two of the five were twins as well. And these were babies that were born just and didn't make it but a few weeks. And every one has an indelible impact on me just being the person trying to offer some encouragement to family because you look at that and you're looking for a lifetime of all these great things and you're, you're praying for that miracle. You know, God, please save my child. And it's in those moments when you realize how powerful Jesus' connection is to us, because yeah. then you got to move, you know, beyond. So it was it was moving to me to think about this context that Jesus has that compassion for us. That he exactly. when, when we're weeping, he's weeping. He's weeping, and there will be a day where there'll be no more tears right. unless they're of joy. That's exactly right. All right, we're out of time. Uh, I, I do have a comparison I want to make uh, to this story uh, in another place that we didn't get to, and we'll do that in the overtime. If you want to follow us over, it's uh, blazetv.com slash unashamed. It's where you subscribe to get our overtime saved. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube, and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.